Hello everyone and welcome to the Chai with Champs podcast season 1. I'm Ritika Agrawal, your host, where I sit down and have a virtual cup of tea with some of the most inspiring and successful individuals from around the world. Join me as I delve into their stories, explore their triumphs and challenges, and discover the ingredients that help brew them success. Whether you're an entrepreneur, an artist, an athlete, or simply someone looking to grow and improve, you'll find valuable insights and wisdom in every episode. So grab your cup of chai, sit back, and join me on this exciting journey. Hey, Maya, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. It is just so nice to be on the flip side and interviewing you today. Um, So welcome. Welcome to Chai with Chams podcast season one. It is truly an honor to have you. I'm really happy to be here. And I think I've interviewed you twice now for Stay Tuned, right? So it is interesting to flip the tables. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. Um, Before we get started, do you want to share a little bit about yourself with our audience? Sure. So my name is Maya Eaglin. I'm an NBC News digital reporter, and I work on a bunch of different shows. My main show is Stay Tuned, which is NBC News NBC News' Gen Z and Millennial um, news program that airs on Snapchat. We have 10.6 million subscribers and we have two daily shows. So that's usually what I'm doing. Um, Right now, we're also kind of revamping our TikTok and we just reached a million followers there. And outside of that, I know it's really crazy. Outside of that, a lot of my reporting um, goes on NBC News Now. Um, which is our streaming service, which you can watch free on YouTube, on Peacock, or just on your phone, on any other browser. So it's been fun. I've done some fill-in work for Top Story with Tom Yamas, Helly Jackson's show. So I'm kind of just really soaking it all in right now. Look at you go. Look at you being everywhere. And that's just so amazing. You're on our phone, you're on our TV, and you're just giving us all the information we need. Thank you. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Very kind. <laughs> Talking about you reporting and being a reporter, I mean, and being a Gen Z, when did you first learn that you wanted to be a digital reporter and how did you kind of chase this dream and make it a reality? So I think I was exposed to journalism at a really young age. Um, my mom worked at a TV station, so all of her friends were like, weather people and anchors and producers. Um, She worked in sales. So I would always have these great memories of like running around the control room, seeing how the green screen screen works and stuff like that. And I actually got involved with like student journalism pretty early too. I did morning announcements in fifth grade, again in eighth grade. And then my senior year of high school, I joined the newspaper and the morning broadcast there. So it was something that I was always interested in and had like very early exposure to. Um, But it wasn't until I got to college where I really realized that this would probably be my predominant career path. And at that time, I'm not really sure. Digital journalism was definitely a thing, but it it, it has popped off so much since I entered um, college when TikTok wasn't even invented at that point, or maybe it was typically or something at that point. 
Um, so yeah, once I got in school and I, I, at my university, I got really involved with our student broadcast program, which was basically pre-professional training. Um, I was filing packages weekly and then I hosted for two years of my college career and my senior year, I became the news director, which was very interesting leadership experience too. I had four internships by the time I graduated and then it was just really off to the races of doing it in the real world. That's amazing. So it's, it's great that, you know, you had that sort of exposure and you kind of put it in different ways throughout your journey as you were growing up. At any point, did you feel like this was not for you or you were not meant to like do this? Did you ever feel that? Absolutely. Um, Even I feel like just as women of color, we have a lot of imposter syndrome constantly. It's something that I feel like even today, sometimes I have to quiet those voices in my head. But especially as a student, when I was like on the job search, I was getting so many rejections, so much criticism that just felt really personal, even though looking back on it now, like, I'm glad that those paths didn't work out. But I just had a lot of people tell me that my hair was too big. I looked too young. I sound too young. I could never make it in their market or TV station, or I'm 20 years out from being ready for actually having a career here, or, you know, it's probably not even worth it. And I would have an easier time just, just, um, being in PR. So I've had a lot of negativity, I think thrown my way. And at several points, it's hard not to believe it when you hear it over and over again. Um, but thankfully I feel like I had enough personal support, enough professional support and enough mentorship to propel me through, um, some of those dips and negative vibes, honestly. Um, and I, I ended up actually altering what I thought I would be doing my senior year. I entered college thinking I would be on air. And then by my senior year of college, I was like, I would just rather be a producer because I don't want people having to give me this feedback about my physical appearance or like the delivery or like word choice that I use. Um, And my first job out of college was on the producer side. I was in a fellowship at NBC and kind of transitioned after an opportunity came to um, audition for an on-air role, which I ended up getting and turned into um, being one of the co-hosts for Stay Tuned. That is amazing. And I agree with you. I feel like we as women of color like face so many negative voices, not just in our head, but like outside as well. Um, But overcoming it is just so important. And like having your cheerleaders by your side is so important. But in terms Mm -hmm. of like the craft, were there any challenges that you faced? And like, how did you overcome those? Oh, yeah, I think when you enter any new space, there's going to be a learning curve. And from going, going from being like top dog on your campus, right? Like I was a leadership, I had leadership positions. I had a lot of visibility um, and was just known for being attached to like our school's broadcast program to coming to New York city. And, you know, you're being asked to print scripts, get coffee, clean up a desk, like all of these really miscellaneous things before you get trusted with the opportunity of doing research, of writing a script, of transcribing, you know, anything on the producer side. Um, It's difficult. And I was in a lot of rooms where I had to ask a lot of questions and I made a lot of mistakes early on. 
And sometimes those mistakes just felt amplified. Like there were several mistakes where I was like, well, it was really nice having a career in journalism, but this will probably be my last day. Like I'm sure they're going to fire me. Uh, But what I came to realize is, you know, when I was a student, I used to think that perfection was an ingredient of like journalism and news and media, but it's just unattainable. Like as humans, we don't have the success rate of obtaining perfection and view I used to view it as such like this pinnacle but when you're really in it you see everyone mess up from like the lowest to the highest um but when you're early career it feels like these mistakes can really harm your career and look some mistakes can like i've i've definitely seen you know some people where it's really hard to recover or they get something taken away from them or they have to go back to like the training process because of a mistake they made but i try to look at it more so now as like learning opportunities and really just focusing on like what was the lesson here right like i put up the wrong graphic what do i learn from that or i i'm trying to think of other common mistakes I've made. I've fumbled when I had like um, a very short time for an interview with a celebrity and I didn't get that question in. What was the lesson and takeaway from that, right? So it's almost also been a really great um, lesson in self-forgiveness because I feel like you have to constantly swallow your mistakes and keep moving forward. And I'm the type of person, I think a lot of people in media too, in journalism and communications in general, the mistakes pile up and the voices get really, really loud. And sometimes it's hard to move past them. So I feel like every mistake where I've learned a lesson, I've also been given the opportunity and practice of like processing that, swallowing it and like letting it go. That is so well said. Um, you know, you've kind of had that career path kind of laid out and you've known what you've wanted to do. And now you're here achieving all your big dreams. Um, But now that there's so many opportunities out there, um, you know, sometimes when you're out of college or maybe you're like mid in your career, you realize that your passion lies somewhere else. Um, And for some people that may be being a reporter. So where does someone like that kind of start out? How do they take that next first step? Yeah, I think it's, it's tough, right? You have to be really, really honest with what you want to do and what you're willing to do until you do that and what you're not. So going back to what I shared about my senior year of college, I personally was like, I'm fine with being a producer because to me, journalism is about writing. It's about meeting new people and it's about sharing stories. Like Those were the three things that I said to myself, no matter what, I want my job to fall into this category. And for some people, I feel like the desire to be on air is one of those three things. It wasn't for me, right? I really enjoy it. And I had a lot of reps doing it, but I was really completely fine not entering that space. I think meditating and really processing and being brutally honest Um, with what it is you want to do is super important because you can put yourself in environments or places that aren't serving you and aren't serving the future career that you see for yourself. So I have a lot of students come to me and they'll say like, you have my dream job. Like I want to do exactly what you're doing. Like, do you have any advice? 
And some of them say like, oh, I just got a job, you know, in NBC in New York, but I also got a job offer in North Carolina to be an on-air reporter. Like, which one should I take? And it's really hard to say because if being on air is like your end all be all, I think doing that as quickly as possible will benefit you in the long run. What I hate to see, and I feel like it's really common, is people will get into jobs that are adjacent, but aren't truly what they're happy with or not truly what they want. And then it becomes a waiting game, right? And it's like, maybe it's a six month period until you get tapped for an audition. Maybe it's five years, maybe it's 10, 20, 30, or like never, right? And that never, I think is really scary. And if you told me that like, there, if I entered a job and had the mindset of like, you might never be able to write or share stories, I wouldn't take it, right? So I think you just have to be really selective and opportunities are endless. Nothing is impossible, but I think time is really your best friend when you're early career and making sure that you're taking steps upward and not just sideways is really important. That's a great point. Um, you know, talking about auditions and like being on air, how does one crack that first audition? Like what are the steps to one getting that audition? It's really hard to say. Um, for me, it was so much about timing um, where there just happened to be an opening and the person who was looking to fill the role knew that I fit the description of what they were looking for, right? Someone who was younger, had a lot of energy. Um, Even though I was in a producing program, I think they were familiar with the work I did in college because they saw a lot of that when I entered in and applied. So I think it's definitely about timing, which is completely out of your control. But what is in your control is like how prepared you are for that ask. So making sure that you your resume is up to date, your reel is up to date, you have clips that are like recent, not like you filmed a story every day for the past like five weeks, but you know, you have something to show that isn't from three years ago where you look different, you sound different, and you're just overall different. So I think one thing that people can do if that's something they want is like definitely start a TikTok where you can talk about daily stories or just really focus on your social presence because you don't have to wait for an official audition or official job title to do what I'm doing, right? Yeah. You can, all you need to do my job is a microphone and a ring light and some journalism skills, right? You, if you can get those reps in and work on your delivery and your personality, interviewing your neighbors, your friends, you know, those will really help you be prepared for when that ask does come. I love that. And I know you and I've chatted about this in the past and it's really about building your personal portfolio and no matter how and what medium you're using. And I know we've spoken about like TikToks and stuff like that. And for me, like after I spoke with you, I really had to put in thought and here we are like creating a podcast. So um, it's really about truly finding that medium and that space. And there's just so much out there. There's no door that you cannot open. Um, So yeah, that was very well said. Thank you. Thank you. Um, 
you and I have done two stories on Stay Tuned. And thank you so much for allowing me to use your platform and for really helping both the causes. Um, the first one was India's COVID-19 relief, where we really helped masses and we raised like $1,000 and helped so many young professionals. Um, and the second one was more about awareness um, for Diwali. You know, so you've really used this platform to amplify voices. You've had your own story during Juneteenth. Um, how do you, as a woman of color and a Gen Z, how have you seen this platform evolve? Um, and how do you see it kind of get better in the future? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think the great thing about the social platforms that we do post on is they're always changing and like not just trends, but like the format, what works, what doesn't. And one thing I love about stay tuned is that we are super experimental with how we tell stories. So even from when I started, like we used to have something called like an open tease where we would say like coming up on stay tuned, like God is going to show you this really cool space story. Savannah's got a story on mental health and Maya's going to talk about cicadas. Make sure you keep watching, right? What we realized from the analytics was that people were skipping through that and going straight to the first story. So we had complete control to remove something like that. And we're actually constantly making little switches all the time, whether you notice or don't. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of the benefits about having a social platform. It's really moldable, whereas um, sometimes traditional outlets and traditional platforms, they work and have a formula that makes it work, right? Yeah. And changing that sometimes takes a lot of resources, a lot of time, sometimes a lot of pushback. But one thing that I love about being on social, it's, it's just really experimental. And I think um, that goes along with who's on the team. I think yeah. um, a lot of us are early career. We have different interests. And sometimes we bring up stories that no one else has seen because, you know, algorithms are so tailored to who you are personally. So there are definitely some stories that I know a few of our producers have brought up that I'm like, how did I not see this? You know, so I think it's really important to have a well-rounded team um, from different backgrounds, different perspectives. Um, but I think the through line between all of us is that we really do care about the truth. We really do care about informing people. And we want to do it in a way that makes sense and is engaging. Yeah, that is true. Um, but you've also worked on like TV. How do you see a difference between social and TV? I think there are a few differences, um, but probably not as many as the average person might think. I love sharing this quote from one of my mentors during my internship. And they said, basically, think of traditional journalism, newspapers, radio, TV, as graham crackers, right? And digital and social journalism are Teddy Grahams. So when you look at the ingredients list, everything's the same, right? Yeah. The only difference is we're shaping it a little bit differently. We're putting it in a cute bag, like it's got some colors on it. And I think that's really true. Like the bare bones ingredients of what is being uh, broadcasted on NBC News Now or Nightly News or Meet the Press is not different information than what you're getting from Stay Tuned. It is just presented in a different way. It's presented with music, with moving graphics, with language that is very familiar, with 
lingo and jargon that young people use. And yeah, I think it's really more so about the framing that makes it different, but it's not that one is better than the other, truly. It's just that one works for this demo and one works for another. You know, talking about stories and like very rightly said, it's kind of the same information being pieced on TV and social. Uh, But with everything that's been going on in the world, how do you kind of, you know, put that fine line between personal and professional life? And how do you prioritize your mental health um, when you're so deep dived into, um, you know, the world news and everything that's been happening here? Yeah, it's hard. There are some stories, some days, some weeks where everything is intense, right? And that intensity, I feel like over a long period of time can become emotionally exhausting. I'm a big proponent of therapy. I know that has definitely helped me filter through and process some of my thoughts. Um, And when that story that comes to mind to me uh, was the Uvalde shooting in Texas, where I was sent to Dallas the very next day to speak with some high school students about like their thoughts and processing this for themselves. I lost it after talking to them. Like I literally was crying. I was, I didn't have much sleep. I wasn't really prioritizing myself during that period because I was just so focused on telling this story and having it at a quality level that I knew it deserved. Um, And I'm really proud of what came out of that in terms of our reporting and being able to share like a younger perspective of how students um, kind of view gun control and gun regulation and stuff like that. But after my body, I just knew that I needed a bit of a reset. And I was very fortunate that I was able to get that. Um, A lot of my colleagues and reporters are round the clock on a plane to the next to the next to a shooting, to a murder, to a fire, like I'm at a point in my career where I still feel like it's pretty early compared to how intense a lot of journalists can like deal with the intensity of their schedule. And I'm thankful to have that balance now. And what I'm trying to do is learn about the coping mechanisms I need so I can integrate that now while it's not all consuming um, as I continue down my career. Yeah, well, I'm sorry about the experience. And, um, you know, thank you for bringing this news to us. Like, I know how tough your job is. And thank you for sharing that. I think it's just so um, special. And yeah, it's, it's definitely hard. And I cannot even imagine what you went through. But thank you for sharing. And thank you for bringing us the news for us daily consumers. Um, it, it really means a lot, uh, of course. But do you have any self-care tips that you would recommend to other people, even viewers, for example? Yeah, I would say definitely try to set some boundaries um, personally in your work life, in your consumption habits. You know, like when I come home from work or when I'm done with work, I try not to look at every alert or even turn on the news after being consumed in it for like (laughs) 10, sometimes 12 hours a day. So I think finding the things that bring you joy or you notice can bring you back to your center, staying hydrated, getting physical, connecting with your friends, your family, anything that can remind you of your humanity is really important not just in journalism, not just in communications. I think a lot of people get really lost in the sauce of like grind culture, need to make it to the top now, like it's now or never. And I think 
ambition is really great in ambition is really great in doses, right? Like yeah. it's really great fuel, but I think you can tip the scale to where it is working against you. And that can be a dangerous thing. So just be mindful, be mindful of what makes you happy and try to integrate that in not just on the weekends, but like on an everyday basis, if you can. Yeah. Well, I hope our listeners are taking notes about this because <laughs> I sure am. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, like you've got this holistic experience. What is next for you? That's a great question. I, you know, when I got that audition um, for Stay Tuned, I wasn't expecting it. I fully thought when I graduated from college, I would retire an executive producer, <laughs> have my little C-suite office and, you know, be in the control room day in and day out. So I tell people all the time, like I am still in this state of like, I feel like I'm living my dream job at 25. And that is so exciting, but it's also, it makes me have to think of what do I want to do next? And so right now my mantra pretty much is like, learn everything you can take all the opportunities that come your way. And I am very confident that fate and destiny and timing and opportunity will continue to move me down the path I'm supposed to be on. Like I said, as long as I'm still sharing stories, I think I will yeah. be very fulfilled. And now that I've had this door um, open for me to be able to front a lot of these pieces as well as write and produce them, I would love to stay on this path forever. I don't know what show is next or what title is next, but I'm in learning and sponge mode, if you will. <laughs> Well, I love that. And I wish you the very best because I know you're going to be making it big, sharing stories and sharing your story as well with not just my podcast, but I'm sure with million others, because there's just so much that I think the audience has to learn from you. Um, and you've shared incredible tips and incredible things that our audience can kind of take back. But what are three ingredients that fills Maya's cup of success? Oh my gosh. Three tip, uh, three ingredients. I would say consistency. Um, I think consistency is really important, um, and can help aid in your reputation as someone who's reliable. Mm -hmm. Um, probably being detail oriented is really important too. That gets a little tricky because when you slip up, you're like, wait, I shouldn't have done that. But I think it's important to have the mindset of being detail oriented. Um, and then I, I think the third thing is just trying to curate an energy of positivity or an energy of optimism. Even though so many things are sad and negative, I try to process them in a way that serves other people, that serves the public. And in doing that, I've been able, I think, to continue delivering things that are very hard, you know, mm -hmm. but when things are happy, like really enjoying elevating like fun, goofy, silly, or just interesting stories with a positive mindset. And I think that positivity just keeps me motivated every day. That's amazing. And would this be the same thing that you tell younger Maya? Or do you have separate advice if you were to go back in time? I would tell my younger Maya that for sure. I think I would also just tell her like, don't let other people tell you what you can and cannot do because I was listening to them and I definitely 
turned my car a little too many times, honestly, probably to conform to what I thought I was good enough for or what I thought I could do or what I thought I couldn't do. Um, So I would I would advise her to just stay the path continue doing your thing maybe have a little more fun too yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's very important everybody should have a little more fun (laughs) yes well this was amazing thank you so much for sharing all the wonderful advice and sharing your journey and story with us and welcome again to chai with champs podcast this is season one before we you know go are there any few last things that you'd like to share Uh, No, thank you so much for having me. I feel honored to be one of the guests for season one. I'm so excited that you've started this and we'll be eager as always to continue watching your journey. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, you take care and we'll stay in touch. Okay. Thanks, Red. (laughs) 